name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast. I'm Jacob. Joined alongside me, as always, Tate and Sage. Yep. I love how much Sage moves his mic around for how little he talks. Yeah. Mike moves. Mike moves per words. He's at like two. Huh? Your your mic moves a lot. Why do you Why do you move it so much? To annoy you. Why don't you just have it in front of your computer and talk into it? Because that's insane. <laughs> Only, you know, what everyone does. But hey, I like it. You do things differently. You're, you're sage. Tate, did you do any Texas chili research? N- no. Didn't we talk about this last time? Yeah, that was your homework. No, I'm pretty sure we looked it up while we no, were on we the call. No, we did look it up, but you were supposed to like go, oh, out, go out and have some? Texas chili. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely not. Never. Lame. But it is cold here now. It's like 40. It's pretty chilly for us. Yeah, it's like 20. That, that, that is cold for Austin, for sure. That's 47. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a cold. That's a big difference between 47 and 40. It's been a, it's 28 right now, so we're warming up. You guys got your snow. We're, we're in sweatshirt weather right now. It's warmed up to 28. <laughs> we don't have to put the big coats on. Sage, you got your snow yet, or did Jacob beat us to first snow? Beat us. He beat, he beat us, but I made mayonnaise cake. Gross. I don't like that. I'm I'm picturing just a a plate with mayonnaise on it. He may have been the first to get snow, but I was the first between the three of us to make mayonnaise cake. Gosh, mayonnaise cake! I need to Google a picture of this. How the hell do you spell mayonnaise? M a y o a i s e. Two ends. Two ends. How about that? Chocolate oh, mayo just, cake looks like normal cake. Yeah, that just looks like normal cake. Yeah, it looks like normal cake. I know. What's the big deal? It's made with mayonnaise. Instead of what? I hate that, but I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. What, what is is it substituting something? No, well, it's just because it's just clever. Because you know, technically, a cake is made with flour, sugar, eggs, and fat. Mayonnaise is just an emulsion between eggs and fat. So you're just using like a post emulsion of eggs and fat uh, in place of just doing straight up. Egg. It's the exact same thing. Wait, but, okay, so maybe a dumb question, but what is the normal fat that? A normal uh, cake would use. Well, there's um, if you want to make it dairy free, you use olive oil or vegetable oil. But if you butter? don't want it to be dairy free, you can use buttermilk or milk, or or butter, butter and milk mix. I just yeah. googled mayonnaise cake. Why? And I think this answer disturbs me even more. It just says that some chef in 2001 did it, and they're like the review of it was like, oh man, it gives the cake a very luscious richness. And it keeps it moist and tasting fresh for much longer. Mm-hmm. And the idea of eating a moist cake and being like, this is moist because of mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, I think if I bit into this cake and I didn't know it was mayonnaise, probably great. Mm-hmm. The minute that you tell me it's a mayonnaise cake, I'm going to vomit everywhere. Do you like mm-hmm. mayonnaise on other stuff? 
may- mm. mayonnaise on like sandwiches is good. Like I just okay. don't like a lot of it. Yeah. And like, I like aiolis a lot, but the, the thought of mayonnaise is way grosser to me than actually man- what mayonnaise is. It's what fine. are you barking at? What happened to Danny? Did Danny already go home? Danny's gone. He does not have a home. He's in prison. Aww. Oh, He's like, that's trained. right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Lu- Lacey. That was a quick I keep wanting to call her Lucy. Hi, Lacey. There's a dog barking next door, and she's like, I'm not having any of that. Mm-hmm. Bite him. Um, she's got two different colored eyes. Cool. She is a... What's that called? Mammogram? What? What's it called when you have two different colored eyes? Did you say know, mammogram? Yeah. That's a that's a breast cancer. Scan. Yeah. It's something like that. <laughs> um, Heterochromia. <laughs> really close. You could not have been further off. She's part um, Great Dane, part... Um, oh, no. Tree climbing dog? Um, oh, no. Lacey, I forgot what you are. A squirrel? Um, no, no. Um, Did you say tree climbing dog? Yep. As if that's um, a breed? That's a squirrel. As if that's a breed? Part Catahoula, part Great Dane. Doing I a couldn't lot of... remember. Catahoula's climb trees. Who in the Cataloo? Wow, it is. T-A-H-O-U-L-A. They're like literally climb trees. Tate, are you still looking at mayonnaise cake? No, definitely not. I'm looking at tree climbing dogs because that's way cooler. (laughs) But my Google is very confused right now, I think. (laughs) Catahoula climbing mayonnaise tree. (laughs) Why? (laughs) How? Um, All right. It was my pick. It was my pick. Um, and we went with a cult classic, maybe, is what I would call it. Um, 1996 movie, Swingers. A wannabe actor has a hard time moving on from a breakup, but he is lucky to have supportive friends. Directed by Doug Lyman, written by John Favreau. Starring John Favreau, Vince Vaughn, Heather Graham's in here, Ron Livingston. Um, yeah. Young Vince Vaughn. Young Favreau. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> yep. Near beginning of their careers, Favreau and Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah, I was very excited when you picked this. Streaming on Paramount Plus, like an hour 36. Seemed like a perfect, like I, I was perfectly in the mood for this movie when I watched it. Yeah. nights ago. Just I, I, easy watch, funny. Like I, that's exactly what I was expecting. And it was great. Um, so I watched this late last night because I went to go see Killers of the Flower Moon at 7. Whoa. Guess how, guess when I got home. That was three hours long, isn't it? I got home at 1045. It's three and a half hours long. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. That's too long. Fuck. Have you heard about the, didn't you send us a thing about the intermission? Yeah, the lyric. Wow. How they, it, you said it's Apple TV and whatever. And Paramount. Okay. Let me, let me pull up the tweet. I'll just read the headline that Variety said. Paramount and Apple original films have been contacting theaters that violated their contracts by inserting intermission into Martin Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon, according to an individual with knowledge of the situation. The Lyric, a theater in Fort Collins, Colorado, showed the historical drama with an intermission until they got in trouble with the two companies. Did uh, Has Scorsese commented on any of this? Did he want an intermission? I'm assuming he did not, would be my guess, but I, I, he has not commented on it that I've seen. Hmm. Well, I'm on. I'll I'll fight Apple for this. I'll go to bat for the viewer. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, fuck. I mean, I'll fist fight Apple. 
kind of fuck the lyric, but fuck Paramount and Apple more. That's yeah. ridiculous. If, if you'll remember to like two years ago, the Belfast review, um, Sage went to go see Belfast at the lyric and there was a rock band practicing next door and he couldn't hear like 75, 80% of the words. Mm-hmm. It's true. It was very disappointing. You guys want to hear but my real? They're pro intermission, which is like, I'm outweighs a lot just, of things. <laughs> I might just become a protester for the rest of my life for intermissions <laughs> in movies that are longer than an hour and 30 minutes. Do you want to hear my Killers of Flower Moon letterbox review? As long as it doesn't ruin it. No, it doesn't. As long as it's not as long as the movie. It's not. So I gave it an 86 out of 100. I said, there's been a lot made about the length of movies recently, not just this one, but anything longer than two hours. I tend to fall on the other side of the general public. A great long movie is better than a great short movie, generally speaking, in my opinion. There's something special about sitting down and, and enjoying an epic. But in film, there's also nothing worse than a bad long movie. Killers of the Flower Moon falls into the good camp. The vast majority of the movie is good with glimpses of great throughout. The shots of the farm on fire, that last back and forth between DiCaprio and De Niro, Brendan Fraser and Jesse Plemons, etc. This is worth the watch, and I'd recommend the theater solely because it removes the distractions of home viewing. Did you get an intermission? No. Did you want Solely one? because it removes the distractions of home viewing? Yes. I the distractions of home viewing are a negative for movie watching experiences. Did you want an intermission? Um, no, I didn't even get up to go to the bathroom. Wow. For three hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> That's a long time. Do you drink enough water? Yes. What? I just my don't have ass. the I don't you have do the not bladder. drink enough water. I don't have the bladder. To my ass. Like you, you do not drink enough child. water. You're either a child or a 98-year-old man. I don't know. You're wrong. Any, any flight that I'm on for three to four hours, I'm getting up and going pee probably once on that flight. I'm peeing before, during, and after. A four, a three and a half. Four, four hours hour is flight. a long time to sit. You it's not that long. Are lying to yourself? You're wrong, and you should accept both of those facts. <laughs> I would say I drink to because drink by virtue of those first two, you're lying to everyone else. I drink close to a gla- gallon of water a day. That can't be true. It is. It's false. I just definitely would need an intermission for three and a half hours. I just am built different. No, you're a liar. <laughs> no, I'm not. He's yes, got he's got that dog in him. Yeah. No. <laughs> he's, a, <laughs> he's a straight up liar. <laughs> All right, let's get into swingers. All right, we'll see you on the other side. I don't want you to be the guy in the PG thirteen movie everyone's really hoping makes it happen. I want you to be like the guy in the rated R movie. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. In the city of Los Angeles, where everyone is a player. What do you guys do? Oh, I'm a producer. Mike can't even get a seat on the bench. Where do I know you from? You ever been to the Ha Ha Hole on, a, on Pico? Oh, you're, you're a comedian. It's a, you know, it's a dream. You know, it's a lot of hard work and travel. I know where it is. Starbucks. He came in and, and, and asked me for an application. But now his closest friends are getting him back into the swing of things. Vegas, baby! Vegas! This happens to be a $100 minimum bet table. Perhaps you'd be more comfortable at one of our lower stakes tables. How are you ladies doing this evening? What do you drive? Uh, Cavalier. <laughs> it's a nice touch. So how long do I wait to call? Two days is like industry standard. Well, how long are you guys going to wait to call your babies? 
six days. Miramax presents the film that had an entire country on its feet. You know what, big boy? You're grown up. Swingers. Hi, this is Nikki. Leave a message. Hi, uh, Nikki. This is Mike again. I, I just called because it sounded like your, your machine might have cut me off when I, when I... Roger Ebert calls it sweet, funny, observant. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. The movie that defined a generation. Hi, this is Nikki. Leave a message. Anyway, I think I was uh, weird or desperate. Hello? Mike, don't ever call me again. Swingers. Wow. Get a nightlife. Sage, baby, you're totally money. You're money, baby. Tate, your money. Normally, that's something that someone would respond to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your money, baby. Come on. Say Vince Vaughn said baby your money, so baby. much. Yeah. He said, I wanted to... Oh, do you think you could Google that? That is a good Google. How many times? There's a tweet with one like. How many times did, does Vince Vaughn say baby or money in the first 20 minutes of Swingers from 2011? God, I, this is the most this is gonna be the most unsatisfying Google ever. I want to <laughs> yeah. get the answer to that. He says yeah, baby about really. a million times. So much. Um, but, but he was money, baby. And Michael <laughs> was money, baby. He was so right, baby. Take your first impressions. This movie was money, baby. It was so good. It was exactly what I thought it was. It was exactly what I wanted. I loved it. Yeah, I, I had a whole lot of fun with it. I, I think it was uh it was just a good time. Like it, it was, I don't know. I, I feel like it was very nineties and like in a really good way. And it was just like a low budget, like fun comedy drama thing. Yep. Sage, what did you think? It was fine. John Favreau was jacked and that was pretty much the only thing I took away from it. Yeah. He was fucking built and he's got the tank top on. He's like sitting at his house. I'm like, dude, it what was, happened? It was weird to see him like this because I've only seen him as like larger. John mm-hmm. Favreau, he's got a fucking jaw. <laughs> <laughs> like his head just kind of looks like it like sticks out so far. Like every single, t- yeah, every single time I wanted to like push his head back and be like, but he just seemed to have like this chin that pokes out so far. He's like kind of lost his neck. Yeah. In his middle age. Yeah. But yeah, it was good to it was good to see him young. Um yeah, I mean I don't really know where to start with this one other than uh I, I do have one question. Yeah. Um why was the answer, answering machine like talking to him? Was that a sentient answering machine? I watched this several nights ago. You might have to remember. It was me. at the very beginning of the movie when he first checks his messages. He's like the answering machine's like, end of messages. And he says something like offhanded and the answering machine like replies to him. And it happened, it goes on for like maybe a couple, like a minute. It was just very weird. I don't know if I really paid attention to that. It was like, are you going to call her? He's like, no. The answering machine's like, good. You shouldn't call her. It was very weird. Are you sure it was the answering machine? Yes, it was in the computer voice. Huh. I'm going to have to go and rewatch the very beginning of that because it was a little weird. It was bizarre. Um, I did not know going into this. I didn't, I didn't, I don't. Speaking of, what was the first opening scene? Um, wasn't it him and Ron Livingston? Yeah, he was sitting in the diner. Oh. Talking about the breakup. Yep. 
that is it. That's how they open it. Because I was going to say, like, the first thing I pretty much remember is um, him getting the phone call from Vince Vaughn being like, let's go to Vegas. And then they're on. Yeah, the I, I, don't think I, I don't think I scrolled down on the IMDb list last week when I, I, I think I just said Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. I did not know Ron Livingston was in this. I like Ron Livingston a lot, the guy from Office Space. Yeah. That was a pleasant surprise. I, I liked how much of a character he was, too. Like, he was in the movie quite a bit. Um, um, did you guys know anything about this movie going in? No. Other no, than what so you read. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I... So, I think Favreau's in The Sopranos, and they talk about Swingers a little bit. And just, like, pop culturally, I, I thought this whole movie took place in Vegas, like, going into it. And so when they left, I was like, huh, I wonder why they're going to go back to Vegas for the rest of the movie. And then they didn't go back to Vegas. And I was like, okay, never mind. There was just one, like a couple scenes in Vegas. Okay. Um, I definitely thought that most of this movie was going to be in Vegas when they were, when he got the phone call when he was leaving for Vegas. Cause I thought that it was just going to be him and Vince Vaughn for the rest yeah, of the movie. Yeah. Um, so I was, and, and I like that it wasn't that I like that. They kind of, there was more to the story than just Vegas party. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's another movie that John, because I, gosh, I just, maybe, maybe I'm just getting a Vegas movie. I mean, no, it, it probably is, is it, just this it movie. Is swingers. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably just this movie because I feel like the, everything advertised about it and some of the more memorable, memorable stuff is the Vegas scenes. I mean, thinking yeah. back, that's the main, that's like the main chunk of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah. Um, immediately, though, loved Vince Vaughn's character. Yeah. He kind of annoyed me at some points, like throughout it. Um, Michael's character was great for who, like, he, he was. Um, and his best, I, I like the just, the, I just like the entire dynamic of Michael. What was Vince Fonz's name? Uh, Trent. Trent. T Man. Double Down. And then uh, the other friend that was like the more reasonable friend Rob, Ron Livingston. His name is Rob. Yep. So Rob, Trent, and Michael. Um, and then there's like the fourth guy that was like Trent's friend. He was, Sue. Yeah, he was funny. Sue, um, because his dad's his dad was a big fan of Johnny Cash. Yeah. <laughs> so so much country music in this movie, by the way. Before we, as they're driving to Vegas, George Jones, I, she thinks I still care. She thinks I still care. Just because I ask a friend Open road trip song. Okay. Yeah. And then on the way back, we get Roger Miller, King of the Road. On the way back. Trailers for sale or rent. Rooms to let 50 cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. Ain't got no cigarettes. But two hours of pushing from buys and eight, twelve, four bedroom. I'm a man of means, by no means, king of the road. Don't know any 
Beatles. Great songs. Trailers for They open, though, with Frank Sinatra or something that was really pleasant. That's what my first note was. So the music I did love overall. Dean Martin, you're nobody till somebody loves you. Dean Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, the music in this movie was great. Um, yeah. Uh, well, and so so speaking of, so I we'll get into more of the characters probably later when um, we talk more about uh, how they intertwine. But um, did you guys notice or, or recognize their trip to Vegas? And like when it's like what the montage mean? of them getting to Vegas, like after he changed in the car into his suit, um, he fell asleep. He woke up and they are pulling into Vegas, and then there's like a few a couple minutes of like music playing and there's a bunch of just shots of them in vegas did you guys get any hint as to what that looked like i don't know did that Where ring any bells that? sage no the only thing i could think of is the seven psychopaths mm. entourage nah see i've never seen entourage oh what entourage mm. yeah okay so watch this or here can i share my screen um yes let me it's it's on my list i, I need to see entourage for sure so I think that part of this movie was, or I think Entourage, part of Entourage was inspired by this movie because like it's so similar as far as like I could, one guy wants to be an actor, got like his buddy pals with him. Okay, you ready? Can you hear? Oh, I love that HBO sound. Okay. I can, I see what you're talking about. Oh wait. So I'll see this part right here. Like all the shots of the car and the lights. Did they even go to Vegas in this? No, I don't think so. Well, like they do in a couple episodes, but no. But you know, the, the intro cinematography is very similar to like the Vegas intro. And like that shot right there. And that shot right there. I can kind of see it. I see what you're talking about. I is can my, see that. Is my screen still sharing or no? Did it stop? No, it stopped. Um, okay, you can keep going, but I'm going to do a quick Google. Yeah, I mean, so I guess we can just kind of talk about Vegas a little bit. The uh, I like, I like how suave they're trying to be, and like baller on a budget type of deal. They're like, yeah, I like that they clearly were not bringing, ballers. Yep. yep. <laughs> he was like, like we're going to act bucks. like we're high rollers, and they're going to give us a bunch of free stuff because that's what they do to high rollers, and then they just go to like the senior citizen casino. Yeah, well, because he was just like, we don't want those other casinos. He's like, we want this yeah. one, and then yeah. they, he's like, we we, we got to sit at that table. That's the that's the cool table, and then just the hundred buck, uh, blackjack hands, brutal. Dude, you always double down on eleven. Yeah, always. Even though he lost. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> well, you, clearly not always. Jacob, <laughs> have like, you been no, to you Vegas? Always. I've never been to Vegas. I've been to Mesquite. I've been to Deadwood. I've been to uh, what's the one in Colorado where there's gambling. Um, Blackhawk. Blackhawk. Um, have you, uh, but like, what, when you were, have you played blackjack? Yes. Have you hopped on a table that's like 
remotely a lot of money to an average person? Um, actually, no. I, 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 because because of those places, I, it's it's always like Deadwood is like, yeah, yeah. here's a like five dollar table. Well, like five dollar from what I experienced in Vegas, five dollars was like the lowest table mm-hmm. in any casino on the strip, and like there was one table that was like five dollars, and but majority of them were like twenty five bucks or like. I don't know. I think the most I ever did was a 25 buck hand. 25 bucks goes and fast. And that goes fast. <laughs> like <laughs> if you sit down with 400 bucks, it's not like, or like 200 bucks. Nothing makes you feel instantly poor. Like, like eight chips when you're like, mm-hmm. fuck me. This is not <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You know what my Vegas move is? You and know, then yeah. it's like doubling down is scary. Yeah. Cause you're like, yeah. Oh my God. Um, is you go to the bar and they have like those video poker ones and you can yeah. choose different games. You just sit there and play those. And then you're right next to the bartender. He's bringing you drinks because he sees you're playing and you can do like quarter games. Yeah. When I was and, in Vegas though, we did that and just to get mostly drinks and uh, we like asked him, we were like, Hey, if we sit down, we, can we get some free drinks? And he just kind of like shrugged his shoulder, like shrugged a little bit like, yeah, oh, God, like these guys. And he was just like, I'll get you beer. But other than that, like, any cocktails you got to pay for. And we were just like, okay, we'll take that. <laughs> but yeah, I fucking hate Vegas though. Um, but this was a good opening for the characters. Um, Vince, this is where Vince Vaughn was like having, have seen, had scenes where he was starting to annoy me. Um, but I think the reason that it annoyed me is because he was so good at it. He's got game. Well, he was just like, I mean, he just played this kind of like, douchey but charismatic and like guy he played it so well that i like mm-hmm. i i kind of was like i fucking hate this guy but i also love it <laughs> he was really yeah. good yeah he uh he's he's endearing he is a douchebag but like it's hard to like really fully hate him yeah especially like as the movie goes on and like at the end of the movie when he's like super pumped for mike yeah, like well, like the whole movie, he really does like yeah. care for Mike. Like he, yeah, he is mostly doing this for Mike. Like mm-hmm. when they when they like get the girls and like they're hanging out in the at the girls' place or whatever, um, and like he's starting to hook up with her and Mike's like ch- like starting to talk about like the old girl, um, and he like he, checks on him. Yeah, he like checks on him, and then like mm-hmm. even when like he goes to go call the phone, which was the worst scene of Michael. That's where I was like. <laughs> fucking irritated by him i was like dude don't be such a knob um but when then like after that and he was like and then they're like heading home he's like man i'm sorry i like blue and he's just like no he's like you're all good man he's just like i'm doing this for you i was like i don't like your money baby the girls were all over baby. you yeah <laughs> i want to start telling people it. their money all the time it was so money baby it was so money baby you're so money and you don't even know it oh i here i made a quote while they were grabbing breakfast or whatever this is the one that I had to rewind and write it down because it was so good. But it was like, <laughs> right as the waitress was walking up, he said, there's nothing wrong with letting the girls know that you, you're money, baby, and that you want to party. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what a good line. I'm going to cheers to that one sometime. Nothing wrong with letting the girls know that you're money mm-hmm. and that you just want to party, baby. <laughs> he was just such a douche to all of the women yeah like the it was waitresses. uncomfortable yeah <laughs> but but it was working yeah which is <laughs> that was like the whole that i mean that's like the great dynamic of those two is that mikey was just like dude he's like you're being so disrespectful 
He's like, there's no way that they like us. They hate us. And it's just like, it's just the two, you know, people that are both of those types of people. And that's exactly how it goes. Like mm-hmm. you could be like that, like the Michael where you're just like, dude, do not talk to girls that way. That's terrible. And, but like, and they, and then half the time though, the girls don't actually like get offended by it. And it's surprising as fuck to the Michaels of the world. And then there's the other guys that are the Vince Vaughn's of the world who are sometimes just straight up dicks and douchebags, but girls still sometimes vibe with them, which is so weird. So yeah, very accurate. It felt like movie. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I like this whole friend group because like Sue's a fucking douchebag, dickhead, dumbass. But like also like kind of likable. Like oh, there's uh, it, all of the like everyone was so likable in this movie. Yes. Like, um, but we don't meet Sue, right, until they get back, right? Yes, yes. I, I guess is there more Vegas stuff that you wanted to talk about? I don't know. Let me think about it. Um Sage, you got any Vegas stuff? No, it was all pretty annoying. And I knew that hearing all the baby and money stuff, I knew it was gonna be repeated over and over again over this podcast, and I was gonna be annoyed with it. <laughs> and it has. Sage, your money, baby. Don't don't let that worry you. I'm gonna mute you. I don't um, know how, but I'm gonna figure it out. Don't worry, baby. Um, don't make me unplug. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that's all the Vegas stuff. So the the next thing I want to talk about though is when they get back and they're golfing. Because <laughs> yeah. that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just the way they're dressed It's just like. I don't know. It's actually kind of like so LA, like golf, golf to me. Like I, they just not like they just played they, perfectly the yeah. non golfer golfers. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I got an eight or a nine. I'll give you an eight. What'd you get? I got an eight. Not a real horse race here. <laughs> well, but even like <laughs> right before that, yeah. when he was like, when they got kind of paused and they're sitting there counting, I don't know if you watched and like they counted to like 12. Or like yes. fourteen, like they were like one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> literally nine, me golfing twelve, and then like that was the funniest thing about the eight for me, is because I was expecting I was expecting to hear like twelve, and he was like eight, and he was like yeah yeah eight eight for me too. You can't get more than a snowman on a part four. <laughs> that scene got me, but I I so I liked that when he got back to L.A. So I, I mentioned earlier I liked that they came back to L.A. from Vegas, and there's a whole kind of second half of this movie in L, back in L.A. Um, but I think it's mostly because I liked Rob or whatever his name is, Ron. Um, I liked his character character a lot in that first opening. And so I was really happy to see him back in the loop of mm-hmm. things. And it was cool to see both of his friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they're very different. Yeah. But they are both very supportive. <laughs> the, the goofy stuff was funny too. The goofy stuff. He's like... The one he he's trying to get the cast member job at Disney is Goofy because his TV pilot didn't get picked up as like oh. playing like the mascot character Goofy. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, man, if it was like Mickey Mouse, like that's like the brand. But like Goofy, does should I really be trying to be Goofy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Then I, I think shortly after that, that's when we meet Sue when they're playing like or NHL 96. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, was also just, a very funny scene yeah. when they're like wrestling and he's going to get the food and Mike's just being a total dick. And he's like, is he cute? Bring him in here. I want to see him. And just making 
uh, Mike's life just miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the Chell scene. That was funny. But I just yeah. liked picturing Michael like stuck between these two kind of like lives to choose from. Because mm-hmm. it looked like, I mean, like it looked like he wanted more of the Rob mm-hmm. life um, instead of his other friends. Or like, like, I mean, just that's just the way he acted. When he like, he didn't like the way Vince Vaughn hit on girls. He didn't like to hit on girls. He didn't like to do those things, like go out and party. Um, and so he just doesn't strike me as someone that would like love hanging out with Vince Vaughn. But then when you watch this Chelsea and you're like, ah, I can see how they're best friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was some line about um, Mike was like, yeah, but I never get to play. Yeah. <laughs> Which made me laugh. Let's see. Where do we go after that? So that's when I think um, he has the scene where he meets or he tries to go pick up the girl at the bar. I forget her name, but it's the one where he. Oh, the Starbucks girl, Nikki. Successfully, yeah, like he very awkwardly but kind of successfully gets her number um and then we have one of the other most annoying scenes of this entire movie which is when he calls her like he just is spiraling oh just spiraling so hard and it was yeah that was really hard to watch that was so hard to watch um i'll be honest i spiraling sucks Oh, yeah, it's hard to stop. There's no worse feeling. It doesn't even have to be about a girl. It can be about, like, whatever. Like, when my trucks just kept breaking down, I just absolutely spiraled one day, and I was like, I am just going to walk everywhere. I'm never touching a car again. I'm so done. I'm working from home for the rest of my life. I'm never going to see anybody ever again. I don't even look at somebody. (laughs) And and then, like, two hours later, you're like, wow, that got dark. (laughs) Well, it's like sports. Like, when you're playing a sport, like, I don't know, when you're playing tennis or golf growing up for me, it was like, if you just start to get in a funk and it oh, just yeah, like gets worse and worse and worse, and then you're just yeah. kind of like, and you just need to like snap out of it or break out of it. And sometimes so the hard. only way to do that is to just like go lower and like, just like to almost have a freak out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes you just got to blow up and then you'll be like, all right, whatever. What, like if, if I get like an eight on this next hole, that's really going to be really good for me for what I've been doing. Yeah. But yeah, it was, and Favreau as the writer, I wonder how much of this was like, I mean, it felt like a lot of this was based on actual experience that was maybe exaggerated. Um, but I, I'd so wonder I if like that. he just had such an, a, a bad spiral at some point. The movie is loosely based on the experiences writer John Favreau had when he first moved to Los Angeles. Oh. He had just broken up with a long-term girlfriend and counted on his friends. Vince Vaughn and Ron Livingston to cheer him up. These characters, the characters they play in the film are based on themselves. Oh, whoa. That's That's crazy. crazy. That's fucking crazy. Vince Vaughn and Ron Livingston were Favreau's actual friends, and he based the movie on actually them. And they played them. Yeah, that's crazy. That is wild. I mean, that's very Vince? Does that mean Vince Vaughn was actually, like, that big of a dick? Probably. I I mean, mean, I bet you they were both exaggerated. Yeah, like, uh, exaggerated partially, but, like, I, I, I bet you Vince Vaughn was definitely see. the pickup guy, though. Yeah, for sure. Look at him; he's like six eight. Yeah, and he's money, baby. <laughs> the bear monologue that Trent Vince Vaughn delivers to Mike John Favreau is almost verbatim something Vince told John one night at a bar. The bear liked a lot and incorporated into the script. Was uh, that the rabbit? Oh yes, yes it was. Good, good call. The He's a bear, and he's got his claws around the rabbit, and he can't figure out how to kill the rabbit. Was that in Vegas? 
No, that was... I don't really remember that monologue. I think it was about Nikki, the Starbucks girl. Mm. No, the one that he calls. Wasn't well, it was it was just a closing. It was just a lecture in general. But then, was it, later in the movie, Heather Graham was like a bunny on the bar, and yeah. then it panned away, and then it panned back, and she was just her. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Okay, um, I I like that. I that that's a really good monologue. That the bear claws bunny monologue is. I don't know. I think everybody's kind of gone through something like that where like you like just can't figure something out and like you're like I should be able to do this. Like I should know how to talk to women and I just don't. Yeah. It's a brutal brutal world out there. Yeah, it's not that fun. <laughs> Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's just awful. It was pretty strange to just watch like I mean, at the end of the, I mean, we we'll get to that point, but it was hard to watch John Favreau's character in contrast to Vince Vaughn's like pretty much through these first two thirds of the movie. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. It was watching Favreau like just fumble the bag over and over again. was just like, Oh, really? Um, but I like how Vince Vaughn had his back in pretty much every situation. The one that the, yeah, it, wasn't there a monologue, not maybe not a monologue, but maybe like a key discussion that they had in Vegas where he was like, Favreau was talking about like um, how he's a loser. He's not a winner. Like, like Vince Vaughn. He's like, you're a winner, baby. You're money. I think it was in the car when they're on the side of the road and they're both in tank tops. I think, Mm. you know what I'm talking about? No, it's, it's right after the, it's right after he apologized for the women. Yeah. On the way back. Maybe, or maybe it's it's breakfast, but well, one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was, there was like two good discussions that he had with Vince Vaughn, I think, while they were in Vegas. And one of them, though, I do remember specifically, was about um, Vince Vaughn was telling him that he's a winner. Um, anyway. Yeah, I, like even, so like when after the, uh, is it after the Nikki, the, the Starbucks girl, when um, Sue pulls the gun? Yeah, I think that was the same night if not the yeah next like night right after maybe yeah. like they were leaving and yeah but that's before he met heather graham heather graham yes i so well like before. that that's one where like you're like wow john favreau is like ride or die for mike like he's like actually like he's like that's i think the first time that you like kind of see like the full-on defense of him and he's like cussing out sue and like don't like shut your fucking mouth and like all that shit um well that was the first so and and to me like that was like the that was his friends that they fuck up like yeah trent was like a kind of a fuck up but still like had somewhat of a good sense of the world and himself sue was like definitely way more of a fuck up um (laughs) some of those lines about you didn't fucking grow up in compton man you grew up in anaheim yeah (laughs) funny (laughs) i mean like i don't know anything about other than kind of compton (laughs) but um the but I liked how Vince Vaughn reacted to it. Yeah, like, that's what I'm is saying. Is that what you're like, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like Vince Vaughn's reaction to Sue being a dick to Mike. Yeah, was very defensive of Mike, and you're like, oh, like you thought like he cared, but you thought it was more like, come on, like you get game, and I'll, that means I'll get game two, like that type of deal. Um, but you're like, oh wow, this guy's like all in on Mike. Cool to, me, to see. Even though very different, I'm going to try and draw an analogy a little bit of who these two reminded me of. Um, but was Goodwill hunting relationship 
between mm. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Like Matt Damon was kind of like it, like Vince Vaughn. I felt like knew he was kind of losing Matt or like uh, John Favreau and never really like Favreau wasn't going to be like him. Um, and he, and he, I think he thought Favreau was going to be more like Rob than anything else. Um, but didn't want to like lose him as a friend and still cared about him, even though they're very different. Um, that kind of reminds me of like, it almost feels very Ben Affleck, uh, Matt Damon esque as far as like big brother support. And yeah. It, it, vibes. It's kind of, I mean, you kind of get a little bit of that aspect as well with Rob, right? When, um, Favreau's like just sitting in his apartment with the like blanket on and like hasn't left his apartment for like two days mm-hmm. and Rob comes up and he's like, dude, if you are a failure, then I'm like a colossal failure. So, and that, that was one of the, my favorite quotes too, was the, and he's like, you don't look at the things you have. You look at the things you don't have and you should stop doing that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I think that's a great piece of advice. What was he in his room with like, cause I remember that, but was that after the gun incident or was that after the like phone call embarrassing? Well, so thing? the gun incident, I think led to the repeated phone calls, leaving voicemails. I thought that that was just like a little bit, like went on the date and immediately got home, called her like a million times. She was like, stop calling me. And then they went out. No, again. they didn't go on a date. It was, yeah. it was right after they were done at the bar and Sue like pulled the gun and yep. went off on John Favreau. Favreau was just rattled about so how that's long why been he since he'd been with someone. So he broke the two-day rule and called the girl like nine times. Ah, so that was after the gut incident. Okay. Yeah. It was the same night. Well, then Rob gets him off his ass and gets him back out there. I, I thought- like the apology to Sue and Sue apologizes to him. I thought that was a nice little scene. Yep. And gets over to the apartment. And the the gang's just there. <laughs> that I got in the fight with. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We, we yeah. did. We, we we did at the beginning of that night before the gun stuff and before the voicemails. The that first party that they all went to, um, with Charles, that the the black guy that was there. Um, the use of the Jaws theme was very funny. When yeah, shark. Yeah, when he was talking to the like short haired girl with a cigar. Man, like as she was to... talking. The the Jaws theme just like overpowered her voice. It was very. Mm-hmm. You don't remember that at all, do you? No. You know the Jaws theme, right? Yes. Uh, I, I I mean I know what you're uh, saying. I could kind okay. of like picture, but I don't fully yeah. remember the scene. I they used I also that theme stopped again somewhere. I can't remember. I paused this movie right in the middle of it and went and played video games with Sage for like an hour. So like my memory of like that middle mm-hmm. section of the movie is a little broken up. Yeah, at a party when Vince Vaughn was approaching a girl from across the room. It was just playing the dun-dun, dun-dun. Was that the dun, one that dun, he dun, immediately dun, got really dun, annoyed dun, with? Dun, dun. Yeah, I got annoyed with and ripped up her number as soon as he turns yeah. back. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Dude, that was fucking cold. And he's like, what? She didn't see? I'm like, yeah, still. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I do remember uh, that a little bit now. Say what? I you do remember, remember that a little bit now. I didn't uh, remember her. Uh, yeah. Yeah, then so then he goes back over and like the gang that they almost got to fight in fight with is there playing chell with them and then they go back out and I think that we're pretty close to the end of the movie here, aren't we? Yeah, because that's I mean the end of the movie is I mean if I remember right, which we'll see, um, was pretty much just he meets Heather Graham and they kind of hit it off just because of their similar situation or experience and. 
<laughs> squeaky, That's not sure. squeaky chair. Forty um, points in the game. Oh, right now. Detroit, What's the score? Yep, fourteen twenty-six. Detroit won. Damn. Thirty points. Um, or forty points. Uh, yeah, we meet Heather Graham, and they kind of hit it off because of their similar situation. And then, doesn't the movie really just end with a phone call? Um, I, I love how this movie ends. Oh, I yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah, it's so, great. But is that like Vince Va- or John Favreau is just on his shit? He is just fucking on his game. He's just spitting fire. He is. He just can't make a wrong move. He's money, and baby. He just say, pulls out the great the exact, dance moves. He did the exact opposite of everything Vince Vaughn told him. Vince yep. Vaughn was like, "Don't bring up how sad your life situation is. Don't bring up all this other shit." And she was just like, "What are you doing with your life?" And he was like, "I am." basically a failing comedian and life's really hard out here. And I've thought about moving home because I'm not doing, and she was like, yeah, well, and well, it turned out that she was just in the same position. So it was good for her to hear like he was in the same position and they had a commonality with that. And basically the nice thing about it was that he basically did everything opposite of what Vince Mm -hmm. Vaughn told him to do. And it completely worked out because he was just, authentically being who he was well and it worked out because she was in a similar place and understood him like yeah when he like when he did that earlier in the i guess earlier in the movie he wasn't looking to like pick up chicks um which is the whole thing about it but um like i think though i think the point they're making was like he needed to be himself and then once you are yourself you'll find somebody that if they care they're interested that's a good person to be with Favreau not everybody's going to care about what he's going to talk about. Like if he, yeah. he was just like, well, then it bled into the life phone and, calls. Cause then yeah. like, Oh, but I, I forgot I about like the dancing when, though. We, we, we can't brush over the dancing. The yeah, dancing scene no. was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Even the, when he like walked her to her car and he was like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Like that was a great move too. Yeah. She said something like a little jabby at him. So it was a great comeback to that. Um, but I like for the dancing scene, I like the buildup. Cause like it starts mm-hmm. out as like pretty slow, pretty normal. And they and slowly like give a couple 20 more seconds. moves. Yeah, and then they like slowly like. Well, the song is swing. so. Oh, Favreau yeah. kind of kind of pulls one of my moves. My move is all right. When I know there's like a 60 seconds left in the song, that's when I go ask somebody to dance because then I'm not going to be all sweaty and tired afterwards. I don't have to go three and a half minutes <laughs> <laughs> on the dance floor, swing dancing. It's it's a it's the perfect move. It's um, a well thought out this, move. The song ends, and he's like. Okay, thank you so much for the dance. And she's like, nah, you're not getting away with that. So, like, they're both playing it very well. Yeah. But then their and dancing got really then it's good. A song. Yep. And, and I loved just... watching Vince Vaughn and the, and the friends watch him because they mm-hmm. were all just like, you fucking money, Mikey. Mikey's money. We knew he had it in him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, baby. And they genuinely look so happy. Yes. Those are good um, friends. Yeah. Then, so I, 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 of course, it, it comes around very nicely. Michelle calls as soon as he forgets because that was his puts, ex or whatever. He puts her, yep, he puts her number, um, Heather Graham's Lorraine's number, up on the calendar two days from that day. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he does that, the phone rings, and it's his ex, and he's like, "Huh?" And then she calls, and he's like, "Nope, I'm talking to her instead." He hangs up on his ex, yeah. Yep. Um, And then they're at breakfast. Him and uh, Vince Vaughn are at breakfast the next morning. 
And the scene with the well, wait, doesn't eating, Heather Graham mention something about the whole two day rule and how her friends told her also? Yep, yep. To follow a two day rule, and she was like, "Yeah, I thought fuck that. That's dumb." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's like I just couldn't do it. Um, yeah, the, the breakfast scene made me laugh as well because Vince Vaughn thought like the mom was like doing like trying to flirt with him, oh, yeah. and then she just goes and picks up the kid. Yeah. He's that like, hold really up, hold up. To... He's like, I got something over here. Oh, I remember this baby. Oh, she's a wild one. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's talking. She's playing some game. You want to play a game? I can play a game. I can play a game with you, baby. <laughs> Sage, you do a pretty good Vince Vaughn. You remember the lines well. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection of how to never talk to someone. <laughs> it's like, um, oh, what's the way I should never talk to someone? Oh, Vince Vaughn and swingers. That's, yeah. No, I think every single person I ever talk to now, I'm going to tell them how money they are, baby. When are you coming back to New York? I'm going to use it so much. Hey, baby, go get me a couple of Glenn Levitts. I'll give you 50 cents. Yeah, I got this 50 (laughs) cent piece for when you get back. Now go hurry. I'm going to time you. And just start counting loudly. One, (laughs) two. I mean. And then he just smacks me. He's like, that was money, baby. (laughs) I love how everything he did was money. Everything anyone else did was money. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, where that came from. Do you think that that was a Favreau, or do you think that was actually just a Vince Vaughn character mm. development? Calling things money? I yeah, think that's I mean, just it, a cultural thing. It just became a thing of his character, was just to call everything money, baby. Like, no one else in the movie really did. I don't know. Maybe it came from this movie. I just feel like it could be, a to- just- it totally could be like an improv type of thing when Vince Vaughn yeah. is getting into character. And I, I then feel it just like becomes that, more that of a phrase, thing. like, your money or that's money. Is just so in the cultural zeitgeist now. I don't know where it came from. It's possible that it came from this movie. Are you looking it up? I tried to find something, but I can't find much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just reading quotes. Yeah. (laughs) You're so money, baby. You're so money. You don't even know. You don't even know it. So good. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't have that much else. No, I don't think I do either. Sage. No, it was, I mean, nothing really happened. It was pretty slow movie. I, yeah, I didn't, yeah. If we're doing final takeaways, it, there wasn't, I think it was a really good story of a guy getting over uh, a long-term relationship kind of step-by-step. And it was, uh, in particular, someone who, stuck to the guns and didn't change themselves to like band-aid and do any of the band-aids like Vince. I think that was like probably the best scene in the movie was John Favreau trying to tell Vince Vaughn about how it all just clicked and he just moved on from her and had someone else. And Vince Vaughn was just acting like a child and like not digesting it and still behaving the same way he was. And then got, kind of caught off guard on it when it turned out that that woman was talking to a baby and not him. I think that, yeah, epitomized the whole movie. I don't know. It, it was, there wasn't, I don't think, it was fine. There wasn't too much offered in this movie. I thought it was just a really, oh, yeah. I I thought that they all, well, I guess it makes sense that their chemistry was so good. Uh, but all their characters and all of the ways that they, all the reasons why they're good friends and all the conversations they had 
were all really good, I thought. And um, I I just appreciate, I think, mostly how realistic this movie is. Like, there's a lot of movies that um, I think are bad because they're either too cheesy or they over-exaggerate too much or, like, you just watch it and you're just like, yeah, that's just not how it happens in everyday life. Like, I see what they're going for, but that's just not how that relationship builds or that's not how that ends or that's not how... And this movie felt like every single thing, you're like, yeah, been there. Yep, that's... Like, I have friends exactly like that. Yep. I know exactly what he's thinking. So that's where I kind of like this movie a lot. I agree. I do think um, it was John Favreau's John thick arms were the most distracting part of the movie. <laughs> I was baffled yeah. just imagining him in chef. <laughs> Is that what's going to happen to you, Sage? You get buff arms and you're going to become a big old no. chef. I can barely, I'm, I, I can't eat all the food. I, yeah, I'm almost starting. I not disgusted by food. Disgusted by Manny's cake though. No, I, I, want to taste something but i don't want to eat an entire plate of it i just want like a bite and then i'm good for the day that's crazy yeah my appetite is completely tanked that's crazy except for mayonnaise cake i've had two slices of mayonnaise cake gross um all righty let's get to some scores here from the aggregators a 7.2 out of 10 on imdb 88 percent on rotten tomatoes Metacritic, a 71, and we are bringing this in now. Um, we are also doing the Letterboxd rating, a 3.6 out of 5 stars on Letterboxd. I, this is Tate's idea. I think it's a good idea because I think Letterboxd, also a user rating system like IMDb, but I feel like it's the... Uh, the IMDb is like the regular person. IMDb is like the non-professional critic but think they're critic rating the serious mover wa- movie watcher rating. You yeah. know? IMDb is pretty terrible. I'm just trying to find one that I like. So I think but throw, I, throw a letter I, box on there. I might like it. I like, I like that IMDb is like more common man type of deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I like to have that perspective. No, I like the, I like the crazy Metacritic the most. <laughs> yeah. Metacritic is the worst one. <laughs> just throwing out thirties and a hundreds. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Uh, 85, solid 85. I almost wanted to go 90 just because I liked it so much. Also, very rewatchable movie. That's a huge bonus of this movie. Um, under two hours and insanely rewatchable. And this movie is just money, baby. It's straight money. 85. Sage? I think it's the 77. It's in the four-star territory, but it had a lot of annoying quirks to it. Like, constantly saying money and baby that made me want to hit my head through a wall. But I think what Tate said is true. It was a very realistic and down to earth movie and early in their careers. So there's a lot of aspects to it that are good that make up for the annoying quirks, but it's not a great movie in my opinion. I, I gotta be honest. I'm giving this thing a 90. I, I, I like it a lot. I think talking about it has make, made me like it more. Um, I think this movie is like semi self-aware, but in a very good way. And what it sets out to do, I think it accomplishes very well, which is just kind of be this like slice of life breakup story type of deal. Yep. And I love that it doesn't go down the next rabbit hole of him talking to Heather 
Graham or whatever. Like it just like that's the way it ends. Like that's the way yeah. that's the end of this chapter. Five hundred days of summer almost takes a page out of its book in that way. Yeah. But yeah. It was a good <coughs> good, sad, funny everything. Movie. Yep. Realistic. Real life. Alrighty. Well, that is an average score of eighty four. Sage, you are up next. Um <clears throat> Soylent Green. Whoa. You might have to spell that. Soylent? Soy, L-E-N-T, green. 1973. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's a 70s sci-fi. Okay, 1973, an hour 37, a nightmarish futuristic fantasy about the controlling power of big corporations and an innocent comp who stumbles on the truth, streaming on HBO Max, or I guess just Max now, directed by Richard Fleischer. Um Written by Stanley R. Greenberg and Harry Harrison. Harry Harrison. Wow. Starring Charlton Heston. Wow. Huh. I think he's the cop. This looks so yeah, money, what? baby. <laughs> Don't say money ever again. Wow. Wow. This movie looks wow. great. Yeah, this is crazy. I. Wow. I feel also, like a movie I'm in the poster, mood for. Maybe. Our... Here's the poster. Yeah, the it's the year 2022. Crazy. People are still the same. They'll do anything to get what they need, and they need Soylent Green. <laughs> 2022. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Wow. We're gonna That's, we're gonna get wow. to compare what they thought 2022 looked like. I bet you they didn't see COVID coming, idiots. It honestly might have been pretty. I was about to say with COVID, it might have. I know the premise and I know the plot twist, which is sad, but. Uh, yeah, why Honestly, are you, why are you been, spoiling it for yourself? It was just by like when I learned the plot twist, I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." So that's why I picked the movie. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Stop. I didn't say anything. Yeah, stop. <laughs> I always right, well, that's a plot exciting. twist. Very exciting. All right, Soylent Green. It is HBO Max. Max um, Hour Thirty Seven. If you would like to get in contact with us, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter at uh, gd for gd underscore movies. Instagram gd for gd dot movies. Leave us a five star rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whichever podcatcher um, you prefer. You you use that takes ratings and or reviews. And if not, then I'm going to call you nine times in a row and leave a voicemail every time. In spiral, spiral hard. I'm gonna play you in golf, and we're gonna count by Favreau and Rob, John, whatever his name is, rules for eternity. I'm gonna beat you in chip for the uninitiated. That's any chip. Uninitiated. Alrighty, we'll catch you next week at the movies. You're nobody till somebody loves you. You're nobody till somebody cares You may be king, you may possess the world's and its gold But gold won't bring you happiness when you're growing old The world still is the same, you never change it as sure as the stars shine above You're nobody till somebody loves
So find yourself somebody 